As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast, unrivaled, unmatched, and unequal. Hogan Johns covering the Bears from CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros. The incomparable Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan and Johns, with you. I got to say, just moving one day, actually, for a second there, I totally forgot what day it was because I'm not used to saying it's Wednesday. But we are oh, doing it. Oh, our moving. I thought I was talking about your big move. Just oh, the well, day from, from Tuesday to Wednesday? Yeah. You've added to your wall since then. I, I moved some things around because uh, it just looked funny. I don't know. We're still working it out. Suggestions are all welcome. Still better than mine. Yeah, but at least you're consistent. You've had that same wall now since the pandemic started. So, <laughs> hey, consistency matters. Yeah. No, I'm, you know, everybody's looking for it in the NFL. And I'm telling you, I got it. Especially when it comes to draft prospects, right? Which is what we're here to talk about today. Exactly. Um, the top of your head's a little cut off today, though. I don't know what's going on oh, with here. Hold on. How you're about that? Well, now we, now you're too no, far. How about this? How about is your this? first day doing a camera? How about now this? you're too? I was rule pulling, of thirds, my friend. Rule of I thirds. Was pulling, I was pulling up something. There we go. How's that? Congratulations, to Adam Johns, for getting his camera aligned. For those of you watching on YouTube, and uh, for everyone just listening to Come the on, podcast, Kent, help me out. Yeah, we, we anybody just listening to the pod, I apologize for wasting your time. Johns apologizes. That's on me. I'm uh, not really sorry. Thanks, Kent. <laughs> he takes the fall. <laughs> Welcome in. Uh, excited to get closer and closer to the draft. Here we got some special draft episodes, plural, for you in the next couple days. Um, Dane weeks, yeah, weeks too. But this week, um, we had to move some things around mainly to get the right guests on that we want. And we even had one guest we were really excited about that. I think we had to push the next week. That's fine. Point is, we have multiple guests, experts on the draft. Dane Brugler's beast is out, which you need to go find. Probably remember us talking about it last year. Look what I got in the mail. Holy snap. They print that out for you? Yeah. Coming to a bookstore near you, The Beast. You can actually order it this year? I think so. 
Wow. Last so. year, I had to go to the FedEx store and spend like 50 bucks to have it printed out. And there was a very confused guy behind the desk trying to figure out what the <laughs> hell I was trying to print out. But uh, we Look, got man, it done. Look, crazy about the draft. You're not the only one who does that. Dan Orlovsky tweeted his picture of doing exactly that, what you just yes. did. Well, it's totally worth it. I didn't know you could actually buy it this year, though, or get a printed copy. I hope I'm not spoiling spoiling the surprise, but yes, I believe that's going to be the case here soon. Well, I'm sure mine will show up in the mail. Maybe. You know, since I sit here <laughs> on an athletic podcast and promote the thing over and over and over again, I don't, I don't know. But Next uh, time you're swinging into the city, just stop by. You can pick up mine. I will. I actually have some coffee to drop off for you, too. Oh, from our buddy? From our guy from Costa Rica. I still have it. It survived the move. So it's, you know... I, you know it, I like coffee. I got some right here. It's a miracle it survived the move, but it's, it's, it is it's here. Okay, so uh, Dane's going to be on tomorrow's episode. And make sure... The, by the way, just the cost of the beast alone is worth the price of your athletic subscription. Oh, if you have it... 100%. If you, if you want access to it, I just had the PDF on my... Uh, laptop or my well, my laptop too, but my iPad right here, which you just get by going to the athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Um, and there's another one dollar deal going around, so get on it. There always is, there always is. So, uh, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns as he drinks his coffee right now. Uh, and we're going to dive in with a couple of others. So Dane's on tomorrow. Today we have Nick Baumgartner, who covers the Detroit Lions and the NFL draft for the Athletic. Really good stuff from Nick at Nick Baumgartner. Then Deontay Lee, a new addition, covers the NFL draft for the Athletic, and he'll be on here shortly too. You know, Deontay and Nate Tice, you guys know Nate Tice was... Brought on now. Nate's been a longtime contributor and friend of this podcast. Now he gets hired full time, full time by the Athletic. We can't get him on anymore. It's too busy. I don't, what, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, he's watching too much film. Yeah, way too much film. Right? I Nick? don't know. <laughs> Hello, Nick. <laughs> There's no such thing, guys. Come on, no yeah. such thing. No such. Is he? Big, is Nate? Are you telling Nate's big time, Joe? And, and uh, he's not going on the show anymore. Nate's uh, been maybe. on the show. Probably 20 times. <laughs> and now he's full-time at the Athletic. Can't get him. You know, you know, that's how it goes. These guys are just big-timers. Well, Nick's been on the show before, too. We welcome him back. Follow him on Twitter, at Nick Baumgartner. Again, he covers the Lions and the NFL Draft for the Athletic and has some really good stuff on the Athletic right now with a bunch of like mid-round prospects. Whether uh, There's one piece on big school names, smaller school names, um, but a bunch of guys, uh, you probably already know the first rounders by now, but it's really those mid-rounders and really the ones that apply more to the Bears. So it's good to have Nick join us again. What's up, Nick? What's up, guys? How are you? Good, Nick. So your experience covering the Lions and a lot of top five picks that you know qualifies <laughs> you as a draft expert <laughs> yeah right exactly we watch a lot of we, we watch a lot of it over the years right exactly so yeah i guess i guess we're gonna see how this all goes but yeah. um, i've been fun with it yeah it's been fun no i'm kidding i'm kidding but yes no, I, but the <laughs> lions that plays into it yes the lions are one of eight teams eight teams right. with two first round picks this year can, can we start with that real quick like that number seems insanely high for me this year is it not it's the i think it's the quarterback carousel 
you know, like fallout or whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, everybody's still a lot more teams are still trying to figure out what they're doing. And a lot more teams are kicking the can and you've seen trades, you've seen teams go all in, you've seen some of that work, some of it not, but you know, that's how you have situations like, you know, Miami a couple of years ago had all those picks, you know, the jets have a ton, the giants have a ton, like the, both the jets and the giants have more than they know what to do with at this point. It's like, so, so I think a lot of these teams that went all in, went all in and are like, whatever, we have a good base. We know what we're doing. We can out scout some of these teams that are a mess and it's put a challenge on some of these other teams to, you know, kind of be better with the draft because you, you can have more picks, but if you don't know what you're doing, then, you know, it's still, it's all the same. Like Chris Burke, who I work with always says like, you can't convince me that a fourth round pick is better than like a four year starter somewhere in the NFL. Like it's just not a thing. So yeah, I think that's part of the carousel fallout and a lot of teams still trying to find their identity. And that's why it's kind of weird right now. So, so the bears are one of those teams that traded away a first round picks. That's why mm-hmm. one of the reason why, why the giants have multiple first round picks. Um, so they don't pick until the second round, but they do have two second rounders after trading Khalil McAway. So, it, I mean, really you can make a case. The bears need anybody, but what, what really intrigues me is the wide, <laughs> the wide receiver position um, because there's so many like, right. And speaking of Nate, because I was listening to Nate and Robert Mays break down the the wide receivers on the athletic NFL football show. Um, And Nate said he has 17 guys, I think he said, 17 wide receivers that could go in the top three rounds. That's just insane. So, like, what do you think is a good fit then for the Chicago Bears with some of those guys knowing that the Bears don't have a first-round pick? Well, I mean, I think I gave them, I did a mock a couple weeks ago, and I, gave, I think I gave him George Pickens, uh, the kid from Georgia who is a freak. You know, he's 6'3", 190-ish, but he plays a lot bigger than 190-ish, uh, tests really well. He didn't play a ton. I don't think at Georgia, I think he had some injuries and other things go on, but I mean, like, it's hard to say where those guys are going to go in the first round. So it's hard to say who's going to still be lingering. I would think Pickens would be there. Jahan Dotson, the kid from Penn State. You know, anybody can get vertical because I think if you're Chicago and you're you're trying to work with fields, it's still got to be about, you know, can you get him in play action? Could you get your run game going downhill? And can you get him vertical with guys who can stretch? Pickens would be phenomenal. But like Christian Watson is another one. The kid from uh, the uh, the FCS kid who is six, five, runs a four, three. I mean, there's a ton of guys in that area right where they're picking, you know, who would check a lot of boxes for them, I would think. So it shouldn't be hard. There's there's options for sure. One player I wanted to ask you about specifically, um, he's come up in this podcast. I think I included him in my first mock draft. Is Purdue receiver mm. David Bell? Like, yeah. how would you you put him in the mix of, of those guys? Now he's lower. I think Dane had him, yeah, thirteenth in, in his receiver rankings. How do you feel about him? David Bell's not the guy that's going to stretch the field. He's not a burner. He's not you know he's a different type of player and. You know, probably one that would be more of a slot or a Z receiver instead of, you know, whereas Pickens would be, you know, your big X, uh, Dawson would probably be the slot and the Z. But the difference with Bell is that he's, I mean, he almost plays like a tight end out there. I mean, he's got a lot of short area quickness and burst to get open, but he's really physical, really savvy, and just made play after play after play in the Big Ten uh, for years. So he's he's one of those guys that if you wanted to wait – and if you're the Bears and you want to take an offensive lineman up there, you know, I think you could get a guy like David Bell, you know, on Friday and, you know, he would fill a need for you. It wouldn't be everything. It wouldn't be like, you know, we're done here, but it would still be a job, you know, a guy to come in and I think make plays right away. Is wide receiver a position that maybe more so than others where 
teams fall in love with the measurables so much yeah. and and like the high ceiling because I like I look at a guy like David Bell and you know we're all kind of Big Ten guys here and so we've seen right. a lot of them probably and I just he's such a good player like he's just he he's he used the word savvy he just knows how to get open and like and, and our listeners on this show know how I feel about wide receivers like that's what I want I want guys yeah. that, just, <laughs> that are technicians and know how to beat the guy across from them I don't necessarily care about the measurables or how fast they're running. Like I get that's part of it, but I just feel like there's so many busts that end up at the wide receiver position because teams just fall in love with the height, weight, speed. It's that they fall in love with the height, weight, speed and the potential, you know, the, you know, that's why you hear a lot of these, you know, would Christian Watson go in the first round? And I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, he's never played against, he hasn't even played against a power five, you know, opponent yet. So maybe we can pump the brakes on some of that, but at the same time, you know, to your point, I think, more and more guys in college football are getting better, younger. You know, the game is changing. Uh, receivers are, you know, they're refining their t- technique at younger ages. They're getting specialized. So they're coming into college. We see a lot more freshman receivers, you know, at the power five level making impacts right away. And they're out of there by the time they're a junior and they're a professional route runner and they're like a third round pick. And I think if you're smart about it, you can stay young at receiver and not get caught into a situation where you got to pay Kenny Galladay. $24 million or else because he's, you know, he's only had like a year and a half of, you know, anything close to what you thought he could be. So my whole thing with the receiver situation at this point has been, unless you love a guy and he's your receiver one, like you can wait because there's so many guys and it's such a deep thing every year. It's not just last year or this year. It's almost every year. Now we see a slew of receivers come through that can play. So I'm always team wait uh, on receiver for sure. When you were building your list of these mid-round names from the big conferences, smaller conferences, I'm curious, what struck you maybe about the offensive lineman who could be there maybe late day two or early day three or even just in the top 150, these tackles who might need some work or even a a plug-and-play offensive guard? you see one of those? I mean, just overall, the quality of offensive linemen, what struck you in the mid-round names? There's a lot. There's a lot of guys inside. Uh, You know, I mean, tackle would be one. Tyler Smith, the kid from Tulsa, uh, is a big one that I, it's hard for me to say. And I think Dane has him as a you know first, second round grade guy that, you know, he's one that, you know, specifically for Chicago, he could be an option there. But if there's a run on tackles, you know, early, maybe he's gone, maybe it's out of there. I, you know, I think about the Bears and I think, you know, they could go a couple different ways. They could go inside, they could go invest in a tackle. I mean, there are centers in this draft. Uh, I wrote about Dylan Parham today, the kid from Memphis. Um, there's a Chattanooga kid, um, Cole Strange, who's a really good interior center. Um, and then also there's some, you know, just there's always guys. Andrew Stuber is a Saturday guy from Michigan. who was a college tackle who's played guard and snapped at center. Uh, there's always guys, Luke Gadecki, a kid from Central uh, Michigan, who played opposite Bernard Raymond, who's going to be a guard in the NFL, but also has tackle experience guys who can do what you need them to do in round three and four that you don't have to break your bank for guys that have played in college football for four years, four year starters, durable players that aren't going to be necessarily, uh, you know, guys that you're going to have to reset the market for, but guys that can start and fill a job and do what you need them to do. And, you know, kind of keep your offense moving and make Justin Fields what he is. And that's, you know, that should be the goal of the entire thing here. All right. So the lions have two first round picks. They have three picks in the top 34 um, with uh, number 32 and 34 kind of almost back-to-back right as we switch from Thursday to Friday. Good position to be in. Um, 
quite frankly. Not yeah. only even just with that turn from the first to second round, you get the last pick on Thursday. That's a spot where teams like to trade up sometimes. Um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe they can add even more draft capital. Or what are you expecting from the Lions who uh, only have one team ahead of them at the top and then have multiple picks uh, right as we go from round one to round two? Yeah, I think it's going to be hard, maybe a little harder for them to move down at two. I'm wondering if they're not going to have more interest at 32 because I think a lot of those teams might want to sneak in and get quarterback uh, if some of those guys slip. Um, but at two, I think it's going to be tough for them to pass on one of those edge guys. You know, it depends on what Jacksonville does. If Jacksonville takes Hutchinson, then it, you know, could be a, a, a Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker, you know, debate. I, I still think it could be a Hutchinson, uh, Thibodeau debate for Detroit. I know they love Thibodeau a lot. Uh, Brad Holmes is very familiar with the Pac-12. They know Oregon really well, obviously from scouting Sewell uh, as deep as they did. Um, and I think Thibodeau is the guy that you look at of those three edge players that has the, the most elite thing right now. He has like, he can, you know, he's, he's all explosion. He's got pass rush. He's got moves. He's got a set. He can, you know, he's got things he can counter to and go to. Whereas the other guys, they check a lot of boxes. Hutchinson is, you know, above average to very good in more things than anybody else. And Walker might have the highest ceiling. Thibodeau might be the guy that right now can make the most things happen for you. So I, I don't know, but I think it would be, probably one of those edge guys uh, to Detroit it too. Nick, before we let you go, I, I always think it's interesting to get someone who's familiar with the NFC North. Yeah. You being uh, Lions. Um, <laughs> the greatest league. Yes. That is <laughs> black and blue. Um, of course. Just like, how do you feel about the bears needs? Like what, what do you see when you look at their roster? You yeah. know, objectively, like we, we, we know the roster so intimately sometimes. I'm just curious right. from an outside outsider's perspective, like, to me, like beyond Justin Fields, a, a quarterback, like the Bears could draft anything, and you could be like, "Oh yeah, they need, yeah. <laughs> 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 they need that." That makes sense. Like, what do you? They feel? do need. They do need everything. But yeah. the thing, the thing they need the most is to make sure that their biggest investment gets to where he needs to go, and that's Fields. And I think for me, I look at it because you can do it two ways. His best stuff in the NFL is going to be when he is working on a play action, able to read top down and make those deep because he's special with all and you know, get out of the pocket and make plays there too. But if you can get him in a pass offense that can work that way, get the run game, the, what it needs to be, let him work off the run game. And that could be anything you want it to be. You can go outside, you can stretch, you can do anything you want, but you've got to pair him, you know, with a usable run game, something that can work. It doesn't have to be boring and stupid and old and whatever, but it has to be something that's, usable because if you can do that then he becomes you know the special talent that we all know he is so for me it's it's offensive line I mean I think that that's where they need to go more than I'm with you guys at the receiver I would wait I would I would spend more time in the trenches up there because you know you know that's where this division always goes it's where it always ends up anyway I mean obviously the quarterbacks are what they are but you're not going to go anywhere if you can't run the ball and stop the run anyway uh, and especially right now for Chicago, their, their quarterback needs a line and he needs help. And I think that that's what I would focus on. You could say they need everything, but right now that's what they need more than anything. All right. Well, speaking of quarterback, what is the Lions planet quarterback? <laughs> well, you know, when they uh, decide, I think they're, they're can kicking at the moment. It's been, you know, Campbell uh, said the other day or maybe a couple weeks ago, basically gave the whole, like, I'm not answering that question. Like it's not going to happen, but you know, it was like, you know, they like golf. For now, and you know, reasonably, when they redid his deal, it was going to be he was going to be here through this coming season, no matter what, and maybe even a third. So, 
you know, I don't see them taking a quarterback up there at two. It wouldn't shock me if they took one at 32, if they didn't want to trade and they sat there and did that because it'd be a perfect time to do it. But they don't have to right now. And I don't think they're going to if they don't love one. So I almost wonder if they're looking at this like they've got the extra first round pick next year too. take everything you have next year and trade up if you want to, you know, and keep building your team. I almost wonder if that's maybe something that they're looking at. But, you know, it's still kind of TBD there. Knowing what you know about Dan Campbell, do you, do you think there's a quarterback that potentially excites them at number thirty? Not enough. Not enough at two thirty-two. Yeah, I mean, if if some of those guys fall, uh, you know, Ritter. I think Spencer Ritter is going to be one that's really interesting. They saw him up close at the Senior Bowl. Um, he tested super well. Really good kid. I know everybody at Cincinnati loved him, and all the guys out of Cincinnati are are awesome. So he'd be one that if he's still there at thirty-two, I would absolutely. And Chris and I have talked about that a ton. I don't know what they're going to do there, but they're going to have to really think about it because this is a perfect spot to do it. They have that pick at 32 great spot to get a guy in there and get that fifth year, all that stuff. So if you love them, now's the time to do it, but they've got to kind of make that decision. Yeah. And I would think that like, cause you have two picks clustered right there. Like, yeah, you're almost and like you got 34, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of, I don't want to say it's like a free pick cause there are no free picks, but it's just like, yeah, okay. We could take a chance here because we got, got another picks. Pick. Yeah, we got another <laughs> yeah. pick. You know, well, that's where you, you blow. On, that's where you blow on on a receiver. It's like, do you want to do you want to take a chance on a receiver here, maybe, or do you love a quarterback? And I think that that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how you have to look at. It. But also, like, they need everything. They they truly still do need everything. So, you know, you're you're risking giving that up too. You know, by taking a guy who you're maybe eighty percent on or whatever at thirty two. Last thing for you, what because we haven't, I don't think we've had a chance to talk to anybody from Detroit since the Super Bowl. What, like, what was the reaction from Lions fans, oh. Detroit in general, to Stafford going right out west and, and winning right away? Oh, the majority were, was, uh, were happy. I mean, I think they were happy for him. Um, I think it got a little weird. There were some uh, Detroit Rams shirts being floated around, <laughs> floated around. <laughs> people got a little, people got a little pissed off about that, but like by and large. Everybody here that knows football gets it. Like Stafford, he gave everything he had, you know, for 12 years, whatever. I mean, it wasn't perfect. The first four or five were up and down, but, you know, no one can fault the effort and everything else. I think everybody saw that. So that was cool. Um, and there wasn't any hate there. But also, I think that when it was over, everybody was like, okay, that's it. We're done. Like, <laughs> no more, no more whatever. There might be some still, but, you know, we still see Stafford jerseys all over the place. I don't think that's going to stop for a while. People are yep. too cheap to get new ones, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they don't have a quarterback yet, so you don't want to buy a golf one. I don't know why you do that. That's maybe not an investment. Yeah, are there are there golf jerseys? I don't remember you see seeing a couple. I still yeah. there's there's as many Staffords as golfs, probably more Staffords as, okay. than golfs. I never so. saw an Andy Dalton fan jersey besides his family. <laughs> I'm not Chris lying. Burke's, Chris Burke's son has a golf jersey. That's yeah. one of the only ones that I know of, other than that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh Nick Baumgartner, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Follow Perfect. him on Twitter at Nick Baumgartner. All his work is on the athletic. Thanks so much. Keep that, guys. All thanks, right. There, there he is. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Jaws, I, I was at uh, Dick Sporting Goods the other day. I saw a big rack of Khalil Mack jerseys, 50% off. Not more than that? Hmm? Not you more, than, more that? than 50% off? Yeah. Yeah. Like, who's buying? Nobody's a- buying that jersey. Nobody. Yeah. He almost, I don't know. That I mean, it's kind of sad that he, in the time he was here, didn't reach the status of, like, like, I don't know. I would argue like even a Julius Peppers Bears jersey would carry some weight. Like that's not one you totally regret. Buying. That was a good era of football. But like I don't, Mac didn't even really reach that. No. Which is unfortunate. No. So. That's part of the the Mac evaluation though, isn't it? Lance Briggs is on TV. Brian Urlacher's literally lining 294 with all his hair ads. Like defensive players are beloved. Dan Hampton's still on the radio. Yep. <laughs> Hamp. It's just it, part of his evaluation, I think. What what could have been. Yeah. I it's fascinating. I'm glad we had somebody on from Detroit there because they are in a very interesting spot where uh hey, it must be nice to have draft capital. We don't yeah. know what that's like covering a team that has a lot of draft picks. Um, but just three picks in the top thirty four, that's a that's something. Like by the time the Bears draft, unless they trade up, the Lions will already have three players. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's serious. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, and that's, the, by the way, and the Packers will have two because they pick at twenty-two and twenty-eight. So there's five players going to teams in the division, and then you throw in the Vikings pick too. That's that's six players. So six players going into the NFC North before the Bears even get a crack at number 39. The Packers have 11 draft picks this year. That is tied for four. Let me check this. And get a burp out. That is tied for the second most with the Texans. Only the Jaguars and Ryan Poles' old team, the Chiefs, have more with 12. So 11 picks for the Packers. So... 
I'm thinking that Ryan Poles is a bit envious yeah. of his colleagues in the NFC North. Is he not? Like I said, it, it and that's why. And by the, yeah, because the Packers pick again at fifty three, then they pick at fifty nine. I mean, good for those organizations for, for you know, yes, they traded Adams, but, and that sucks, but, you know, the Bears had to give up Khalil Mack, and they're still just picking at 39 and then 48. That's tough. Let's not forget what Ryan Pohl said when he was discussing the Khalil Mack trade. At the end of his answer, he added, I want more picks. Mm-hmm. Got to find a way to get more picks. That's why I just, I can't, I know it's fun to talk about them trading up. You heard it there hearing from, like, I just, it doesn't make sense to trade up for a wide receiver to me. There's just too many of them. To hear Nate Tice say that there's 17 wide receivers he would give at least a third round grade to. And I talked about one yesterday, Johns, on the CHGO podcast at 71 early in the third round, like Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. Local kid. Yeah. Glenbard West. The, Glen that, that's Illinois. A, that's a guy who could end up being like a true X wide receiver at that spot. So if you could pull off like a heist like that in the third round, um, you know, there's still options here for the Bears. It is good that they have that cluster of three picks between 39 uh, and 71. But it's just uh, kind of a stark reminder that some of the rivals within the division will already have multiple players drafted before the Bears even get on the clock on Friday. Now, they don't have the the fewest picks. The Raiders have five. The Dolphins have four. But those teams have made investments in other ways, trading for Devontae Adams, trading for Tyreek Hill. They're going about this differently. So for a team that's being pretty methodical with the rebuild, I could definitely see Ryan Poles trading back at some point. He has to. Well, could, we were talking kind of pre-show about, would you say they've dra- they've signed 12 players? Yes. Is that what you said? They've 12 signed players. 12 players. Only two of them got at least two-year deals. Justin Jones and uh, Muhammad, the defensive end. And I think they have 59 players signed at this point. I'm looking like, at my notes right now. So, yes. so they're gonna they gotta hey guys. That's thirty one roster spots available. So you talk about um, you know, seven draft picks, maybe they add more, but that's a ton of undrafted spots. Yeah, I saw Greg Gabriel also tweet earlier today that like a, the if you look at the list of visits, the reported visits that have come through House Hall, lot of lot of guys that weren't even invited to the combine. Like Mid, uh, late round guys and potential undrafted free agents because they're going to need a lot of them, it seems like. So, uh, all right, let's bring in Deontay Lee to the podcast. A new addition to The Athletic. And unlike Nate Tice, you know, is uh, is not holding out on us. So, Deontay, welcome, man. We appreciate you jumping on with us. Oh, man, thank you for having me. Sorry it took me a little bit to get on here, but I'm glad to be talking ball with you guys. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we uh, Make sure our listeners are following you on Twitter, at Deontay Lee FB, and, of course, a new addition to The Athletic covering 
the NFL draft. Johnsy, where do you want to start? Adam, you know, he's he coaches high school football like you, buddy. That's right. Defensive coordinator. Yes, yeah. sir. It's been pretty good, man. I, I like it. You know, obviously, it keeps me close to the game in a way that I really, really enjoy. You know, it gives me an opportunity. I worked in special education for a while, so just being a part of the education sphere in any way I can is obviously a really big deal for me. And I, I could never complain about getting to see these guys develop better athletes and better people off of them. That's my job, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be doing it. Well, yeah. he's a little different than you, Adam, because you coach special teams, and all you obsess about is punting. Wow. <laughs> I mean, shots fired. <laughs> I, if it makes you feel any better, I wear the special teams too as a defensive coordinator. So I have that holds a special place in my heart as well. <laughs> well, we, I mean, well, yeah, yeah, Deontay, you know that. I mean, punt return and at the high school level, it's basically just like another defensive play. You got to be, yes, just you're probably keeping your defense on the field and exactly just making sure that uh, the other team's not getting the first down first and foremost. So, um, yeah. Nine times out of ten for me, man. Success on punt return just means we get to have the ball. Yeah. yeah. I don't even care if we get a return. I just want to make sure that our offense gets to touch the football. Exactly. Exactly. Cool, man. Well, that's awesome to hear that you're doing that. And um, maybe we should start on the defensive side of the ball. You know, Johns, every time I try to bring up defense for the Bears, nobody wants to hear it. But they did hire a defensive head coach. And they do have right. needs all over on that side of the football. So there's plenty of guys that I, I think the Bears could be looking at in the second round. Um, Dante, let's start there with the emphasis of this Bears switching to uh, Matt Eberflus type defense, going back to a four three. They tried to sign Larry Ogunjobi as a mm-hmm. kind of their big three technique addition, and it fell through. So that's a position I look at that. If I'm another team like trying to guess what the Bears do, that would be high on my list of like, hey, I could see the Bears targeting a three technique. Uh, who are some of the guys that might fit that mold for the Bears uh, potentially in the second round? I think that the best of, the best version of that player in this draft is probably Logan Hall. Uh, you know, 6'6", 260 pounds, a guy who's basically been growing and adding to his frame every year of his career in Houston. You know, he plays with really good hands, you know, that big body type of guy that you like, especially you talking about Matt Eberflus, right? And you think about who he had as a three technique in Indianapolis and the Forrest Buckner. So if you're talking about checking off those types of boxes, you know, as a three technique, being able to rush the passer and being a big enough body to be able to handle those run, those run schemes when it's coming right at you. I say that Logan Hall is probably the guy that should be at the top of the list to fit that in the second round. Yeah, I want to bring up uh, the, the piece you wrote about the Seahawks' need at cornerback because guess what? The Bears have a, a need there, too. They have Jalen Johnson and then a whole bunch of, bunch of guys out there competing to start opposite of him and some of the guys they had last year, like Kendall Vildor. Um, I don't know if they're, they're up for that, that full-time role. So when you look at the, the players available in the second round, and you have the Bears at 39, and then you have the two Seahawks picks, I think back-to-back right after them. Like, how do you think the cornerback needs, or call it market, or the competition for them in the second round kind of plays out? So to me, I think it's going to be really fascinating right around that portion of the draft. Really, picks 35 to 45 is really where I'm kind of looking at. They're potentially being a run on some of these defensive backs, and you start talking about, Kyir Elam, who's kind of a fringe first round, late first round, early second. Think about Kyler Gordon, 
Uh, you know, there, there are some guys in that range that I think would be really interesting to both of those schemes or both of those defenses. I think the thing that I'm probably most interested in is where Matt Eberflus is as a defensive coordinator. I think the last couple of years, you kind of saw a little bit of an evolution for him, not necessarily leaving that cover two style of defense, but maybe adding a little bit more in terms of pressure, putting a little bit more on his corners plates when he felt a little bit more comfortable with them. So I think that a lot of that is going to be contingent on what it is that he needs his corners to accomplish, because if he's stepping in with the thought process being that he wants, you know, kind of soft zone corners, then I'd be interested to know whether or not he even values that position high enough to take one with the 39th pick. Right. So that's kind of what I'm, what I'm up in the air about when I look at their roster. And if he does want guys to play kind of the way that Kenny Moore has at his best, and maybe you do try for a Kyler Gordon or a Kyrie even if he's available. And if not, Maybe you try to slide back or are you waiting until maybe you can get to a Tariq Woolen, you know, who's kind of a raw, you know, tall, fast guy that you can maybe do a bunch of different things with, but doesn't necessarily need to be your number one corner from day one. Those would be the people that I probably have circled on the board from Chicago right now. Yante, you also had a piece on linebackers. I want to ask you about this because, you know, Eberflus coming from Indy where he had Darius Leonard. He's inheriting a really good linebacker right now with the Bears and Roquan Smith. And we've been trying to figure out, like, how, you know, whether he'll play uh, Roquan at the mic, will he play him at the will? It's they brought in Nicholas Morrow too, and I'm thinking that somewhere they they add a linebacker in this draft. Um, so I, I guess your defensive coordinator, how would you sort that all out? How would you best play Roquan or any other? And are there any linebackers maybe in the middle middle rounds that would be a good fit for this defense? So I would say specific to Roquan, I'd probably be really interested in playing him in that will spot especially with that too high, four-down defense type of mold where he can go out, play in space, you know, and then still be able to fit the run when teams get into those condensed formations or heavier personnel sets. That would probably be the best fit for him, in my opinion, within this defense. And then as far as addressing it, you know, I feel like I'm a broken record kind of banging the table for some of these guys. But for players like uh, Christian Harris and Chad Muma, those are probably the two guys that I'm most interested in, especially when you think about the fit for Chicago. These are guys who are versatile enough to be able to stop the run in the box, especially a guy like Christian Harris. You know, he's an absolute missile coming downhill to fit the run and a guy who ran a 4-4, you know, so you know you're getting a high level of athleticism. And then how that relates to coverage, being able to get your depth in those zone drops, playing cover two, playing cover three, you know, being able to take away those intermediate throwing windows, that will probably be a high priority for me. The only other guy outside of that that I think might intrigue, be, a, be of intrigue for a guy like uh, Matt Eberflus might be uh, Quay Walker from Georgia. He might be kind of a second round type of guy, second or third round type of guy where you can grab him. He's a big body, 6'4", you know, guy who runs in the four five. You know, he has the length, the athleticism to be able to play that Mike Backer spot. And that would really liberate, you know, a team like Chicago to use Roquan Smith out in space where he can go do what I think he does best, which is range, you know, sideline, sideline laterally playing coverage to be able to deny receivers and tight ends in the passing game as well. Deontay, I got one more area of concern on the defense for you to, to address. They don't have a safety. We were talking to Nick Baumgartner before this, like the Bears could pick literally any position, even defense. They'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. They need help right. there. And right. one of them is again, safety um, next to Eddie Jackson. I, I know free agency can be different for that position. But I'm yeah. curious, like say they 
you know, place a priority on quarterbacks and offensive tackles on, on day two, mm-hmm. like day three safeties. Who do you like? Like I look at Baylor's JT Woods. I see the range, the speed. I'm like, oh, I like that guy yes. a lot. Like I would love to have him on my team. Like who stands out to you? Is it Woods? Anybody else on day three? Woods would definitely be a guy who kind of checks all the boxes. And that's really what you're looking for when you start talking about that kind of draft range or guys who checks all the boxes. I'd have to go back and look and see what the consensus is on a guy like Kirby Joseph from Illinois, but he's another guy I think that checks a lot of the boxes. You know, maybe he'll be available between round three, round four. Um, I think that, you know, Jaquan Brisker, I think he's probably got a little bit too much heat to be a day three guy at this point in time, but that's really what you're looking for, for guys to play alongside an Eddie Jackson. If you're not trying to go get one of those premier premium Lewisine Kyle Hamilton types that are obviously in the conversations to be high, to be picked high in the draft, right? You're just looking for a guy who athletically can do things like cover the middle of the field, drop to a deep half, be able to roll down into the box and tackle. And you just got to have a certain athletic profile to do so. So when you talk about Woods, you talk about, you know, a Kirby Joseph, those are the guys I think of that may be available that might help you address or at least be a stopgap, you know, between now and whenever you get a guy who can play at that plus starter level at the safety position. I think the Bears actually hosted Kirby Joseph, Illinois guy, uh, for a top 30 visit. And he's gotten, he's one of those guys who's gotten a lot better every year and had like a, a major breakout season this past year. So he's somebody I think I'm very fond of that has all the size and tools, the athleticism to go do the job. So that would definitely be an interesting thing for Chicago. Deontay, before we let you go, I want to take you back to last year and the, uh, the, the really good talented quarterback class that, that came out. Yeah. Where, where did you sit on Justin Fields at that time? And, like a lot of these first round QBs from last year's class, kind of hard to evaluate the rookie years. I think Justin certainly falls in that category. Um, but where do you stand on, on him and in what he could still do at the NFL level, despite some of the struggles last year? Well, what I would say is coming into the draft to answer the first half of your question, I considered him and Trevor Lawrence to be one, a one B. Um, that's how highly I thought of Justin Fields. So, that was kind of where I walked. I walked into the draft thinking that they were about equals in talent and how I projected how they play out in the pros. And, you know, what I will say for Justin Fields, one of the reasons why I was maybe a little bit more bullish on him in his rookie year was just kind of the degree of difficulty that I felt like it was kind of placed on him in terms of some of the throws he was trying to make. You know, obviously playing with Matt Nagy, it seemed like it took them a while to really figure out how they wanted to package up the offense to best address his strengths and try to mitigate some of the things that he needed to work on. And playing behind that offensive line couldn't have been a fun experience either. You know, so I I definitely am a little bit apologetic, not just for him, but for Trevor Lawrence as well. And I haven't really changed the way that I feel about it. Neither of those guys have done anything to make me feel like they'd be busts. And they haven't really shown enough on tape to make me think that they've boomed yet the way that I think that they can. So I would still say that they stand as 1A, 1B in my mind. And obviously both both guys going under a new coaching regime and, you know, some different things that they're going to be doing on the football field. This will be a much clearer picture over the next two years of who these guys are as quarterbacks. And we may get, you know, an opportunity for one of these guys to break out in year two and we can kind of get some clarity on which one of these guys can be a franchise guy, if at all. Deontay, kind of going off that, um, what do you think of what the Bears have done so far to help out Justin Fields? I know we still have the draft coming up, but they didn't spend a lot of money on the offensive side of the football. I think that... This year, pretty clearly, and I think the messaging on this has been pretty clear for them as well, that this is the year for them to kind of clean up all their books, you know, 
make sure that all their contract situations are squared away. This wasn't really a year to spend money or add a ton of talent. So I think it's pretty clear that they're targeting 2023 in the offseason as when they really want to kind of go all in and figure out exactly what this roster needs to be for Matt Eberfuss and then this offense with Justin Fields. So it, it's another year where maybe we end up in this exact same position where I'm back on in April of 2023. We feel like we haven't gotten a clean evaluation of them because they haven't added the, the right amount of talent or they haven't set up an offensive situation that allows you to really get a fair evaluation of the player. But I, I would say that now I think that getting him outside of a situation where there's all the back and forth between him and Andy Dalton, you have a lame duck head coach in the mix as well. One, now that that's all cleared away, I think it will just be easier for him and for everybody who's looking to evaluate him to see what he is as a quarterback and not have to deal with all the drama around him. Make sure you're following Deontay on Twitter at Deontay Lee FB and find all of his draft work on The Athletic. A lot of good stuff still to come. Deontay, thanks for jumping on with us for the first time. You're welcome back anytime. Always good to talk football with guys like you. And we're always open to the high school football chatter on this uh, on this Absolutely. podcast as well. Absolutely. So I would definitely be back then. All right. There he is, Deontay Lee. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So uh, another Draft expert bullish on Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. I, I still don't think they've done enough. I They got 12. They signed 12 players. My son is distracting me while I'm recording something. Please get out of here with your Tom Brady shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got one of those goat shirts. You know. Oh, Santa took care of him, I think, a couple of years ago. But um, you have... 12 players signed. I do have to correct ourselves. We, there was three players that got two-year deals. One of them is Lucas Patrick, your new center. But the full evaluation comes after the draft. It really does. But if they go, like, I would not be surprised if they go defense just because of the way they prioritize their three technique and free agency. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like they're head coach is defensive guy. You yeah. know, money's going to shift. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I still think it's possible to end up with a pretty good wide receiver that can play relatively soon. Interested. The thing that's kind of confusing when I look at the offensive lineman is just like, where do they go? Like, if they could get a plug-and-play guard, that might be the best-case scenario. Yeah. But they're still dangerously young and inexperienced at both tackle spots with a young quarterback. Like, that's terrifying, too. Are they hoping the Maybe they can get, like, I don't know, an Eric Fisher after the draft or somebody else springs loose like Charles Leno did last year after the draft. Like, I, they, they still, or, you know, go out and re sign Jason Peters. Or, I, I don't know what they do, but I, I still, I still keep telling myself that they're far from done. Like, it's, it's, they haven't done enough, but they still have time to do a lot more. What did you say? 31 roster spots? Yeah, I think what so. I think, De- I think Deontay put a great. This, this is a year where you clearly see the Bears trying to get their books in order, mm-hmm. getting their finances in order, their their cap managed better. Cliff well, that's Stein's clearly back, what they're doing. Yeah, Cliff yeah. Stein's back in charge of of things in that end, and you know it's so you got to eat dead money on Nick Foles if you release him. Maybe you trade Robert Quinn at some point. Need some more dead money, but those aren't your mistakes. If you're Robert, if you're Robert Poles, if you're Ryan, how's everyone doing? This is Nick Poles. Just entered the meeting. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be entering the meetings. No meetings for him. But that's 
you know, that's part of a new regime, cleaning up mistakes. You believe the previous regime, regime, regime made. Yep. All right. Well, good stuff. Uh, Deontay's great. Happy we were able to get him on, and uh, we'll definitely try to get him on maybe post draft. Yeah, I like that idea. What the Bears did, and um, more to come. Dane Brugler, the Beast, tomorrow. I'm gonna go check my mailbox, see if that book showed up here. Guessing, guessing it didn't. I need that badly, though. I need that printed out really, really badly. Extremely jealous, aren't you? Yes, I am. I am extremely jealous. But the PDF version is still nice because you could just do the Control F function. Yes. Find a name, bam, get the whole thing. What Dane does is incredible. So excited to have him on tomorrow. But thanks to Nick Baumgartner. Thanks to Deontay Lee. Really good stuff. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, hopefully you're not new at this point, but if you are welcome, we appreciate you being here. Uh, find our merchandise at obviousshirts.com. You had a golf polo on. Were you, you like golfing it? today? No, I dress up a little bit for the podcast. That what is it? What is it? A caramel Corsairs pullover you're wearing? I, I would, I would challenge you to find out the last time you wore a collar on this podcast, excluding post game pods from the press box last week look it up <laughs> if that's true that's really sad that i wasn't paying that yes. attention <laughs> i think it wore a golf polo last week yeah okay no don't care yeah <laughs> exactly anyway uh who cares <laughs> thanks bob all right we are out of here we will be back tomorrow though Double dipping, back-to-back episodes, a lot of good draft content for you to talk about. See ya. Anyway, uh, who cares?